HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American international style and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country? For more information, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host is Sophie Schlesinger. Hey, everybody. And today we also have a special guest in the studio, Owen Rappaport. Did I say that right? Yes. Hi. Okay, great. So I, I didn't do my due diligence and, and get his <laughs> last name earlier. Uh, so um, Owen is actually our um, so one of our summer interns. Yep. Um, and we're really excited that he could be in studio with us today um, to you know participate in the show. Um, the theme of our show today is the Wisconsin um, Master Cheesemakers Program. Uh, or Cheese Masters program. And uh, we're going to be chatting with some folks later in the show from Wisconsin about the program, um, about some of the um, the history of it, the requirements, um, some of the uh, just sort of specifics about it. But um, in the first segment of our show, we're just going to give a little bit of an overview of the program um, and then also introduce a new segment. Um, would, <laughs> yeah. fir- this is our, I think this is our first, like, segment with within a show our first reoccurring special short segment exactly yeah we wanted to <laughs> That's the technical term re, yeah I, I like it i like it we wanted to bring something into the show that would be sort of fun and something that would we could sort of go back to week after week that we could explore and so we decided we're going to call it curd words yeah um and it's basically um vocabulary cheese vocabulary yeah. words it's always important to define your terms and in, I, in anything in, in life in life <laughs> exactly and with cheese you know there are so many really kind of like from the super nerdy to the super obscure to the you know sort of mundane there there are all these different cheese words out there um and so we're going to sort of focus on one mm-hmm. each each show yeah and for the first segment um we gave this project to owen so he did all the background research and he's gonna 
teach us some good stuff. All right. So let's let's lead off with curd words, and then we'll uh, get into the Wisconsin Master Cheesemakers program. Um, so, well, Owen, before we get to the curd word of today, um, can you tell us a little bit about um, what you about what you do? You started a cheese club at your school, right? I'm a high school student, and I'm going to be a senior next year. And at my school, I started a club called the Cheese Lovers Club. And what we do is we focus on one country every month, and then we buy cheese from that country, trying to give a good portrait of the country, both you know varying the milk, varying the um, texture and all that. And we normally have one very strong cheese, normally a blue, and then we'll have one which is a little bit more mild and then one which is very mild so that people can really get a good experience Uh, and we'll talk about each cheese and explain the process in making them and also talk about how um how this relates to the country's cheese in general and then we give the cheese to whoever wants it and so of course these are high school students they're always hungry so (laughs) we have a lot of members which is wonderful that's awesome and and what would you say the general New York, you know, teenagers take on cheeses. Do you feel like people have kind of sophisticated palates? Do you feel like, you know, people are afraid of the strong cheeses? What, what do you think? Um, I think that most people aren't such big fans of blue just because they think that it's going to be way too strong for them. But I think that if you, if you serve someone a cheese and you, you don't tell them really exactly what you're going to serve them and then you serve them something like a blue or some sort of strong cheese, then normally they're going to like it. And so they'll kind of be turned on to it. Yeah, 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 the gateway. Yeah. <laughs> gateway to cheeses, absolutely. And so, um, and you guys meet how often? You said once a month? Um, well, we meet once a month for actual cheese plates, but then normally we have another two or three meetings every month to discuss what's going to happen in the next month. Cool, and how does the shopping and the preparation and all the research happen before the cheese plate tasting? Um, well, I do most of that with my co-president, and he and I normally go to a store um, around us, which is either Zabar's or Fairway, uh, and they both have very good cheese counters, which really are good. international, yeah. um, and we ask what they have, because um, we so we use both books, such as Stephen Jenkins' um, Cheese Primer, but we also need to, of course, you know, we can only get what they have, so we'll ask them, first off, if they can give us exactly what we have from the book but if they don't have that then we'll ask for a recommendation and we'll buy that and then a lot of the research comes from these books and then of course online that's really really cool that's very impressive (laughs) um and if people want to learn about your club do you guys keep like a blog or a record anywhere of your of your activities or is it strictly is it like secret society members only um i'd say secret society (laughs) (laughs) i love it (laughs) um okay well so what is our curd word today our curd word today is cineresis um, and that is a term in chemistry and in cheese making, and it refers to the extraction or expulsion of a liquid from a gel. So that's really important in cheese making because you need to remove the moisture from the milk when it when the milk becomes a gel. Um, and so that happens through this process of cineresis. All right. So our the name of our show is cutting the curd. So basically, when your curd is set. And then you cut it, the cineresis starts to happen because the curd is that gel that they're talking about. All right. Very cool. nice. That that word came up actually in a show a couple episodes ago. We were talking with Brian Civitello from the Mystic Cheese Company in Connecticut. And he was talking about cineresis in, um, in his um, little Melville, which is a little mozzarella sort of, well, crescenza style really, goat's milk cheese. Um, well, thanks, Owen. 
My pleasure. Very informative. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, you know, we'll be back next week with another curd word for you. And you can also send us your words, too. Maybe you've you've heard something or read about something, um, but don't quite know what it means in relation to cheese making. Just uh, email them to us, info at heritageradionetwork.org, and we'll, we'll do our best. Awesome. Awesome. So a little bit of uh, background about uh, the Wisconsin Cheese Masters Program. Um, the Wisconsin's pretty unique in that um, they have a, a very rigorous master cheesemakers program. Um, and a lot of states uh, don't have anything that's similar to it. In fact, I think Wisconsin's unique. In I th- yeah, I think it might be the only, the only state in the U.S., and it's really intense because a lot of, um, you know, there are a lot of short courses on cheese making and a lot of weekend workshops, um, which are really wonderful um, at different universities around the country. But this one, uh, which is centered out of the uh, Wisconsin Center for Dairy Research at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, um, is, uh, you know, it's just really intense. Um, I think you have to be a cheesemaker for 10 years before you can even apply. Yeah, so it's not... It's not really um, teaching people how to be cheesemakers. It's really for professionals that are kind of refining their technique, you know, moving to the next step of their career. At least I I think so, (laughs) from what I gather. Um, And so we are really, yeah, we're going to get into that um, with our guests who are going to join us after the break. We're going to be chatting with uh, Marianne Sumukowski, who is the Dairy Safety and Quality Coordinator of the Master Cheesemaker Program. And we're also going to be talking with Dean Summer, who is um, on the senior management team uh, and is also a cheese and food technologist for the Master Cheesemaker program. So stick with us. And when we come back, we will chat with these folks out in Wisconsin. Stay with us. Today's program was brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 160 years of quality and craftsmanship. During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com. And we are back on Cutting the Curd. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network. You can find us at www.heritageradionetwork.org. Uh, I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host is Sophie Schlesinger. And we're joined today by Owen Rappaport, who is our summer intern and, and cheese whiz, resident cheese whiz. Um, so we're going to be chatting this segment with Dean Summer, who is a cheese and food technologist with uh, the um, Center for Dairy Research in Madison, Wisconsin. Dean, are you with us? I am with you. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, You're welcome. So can you tell us um, a little bit about uh, your background and what you do for the uh, Center for Dairy Research? Sure. Well, my background is uh, I worked for 20 years in industry, uh, managing a very large cheese operation in Wisconsin. And now I've been here at the Center for Dairy Research for the last 10 years and uh, working in the cheese technology area. And I'm kind of, uh, uh, I work a lot with um, cheese manufacturers and their customers uh, on various cheese-related issues, whether it's problem-solving or developing new cheese varieties or and pretty much anything, anything around those areas. And I also do a lot of uh, teaching and education work here for industry short courses that we run at the center. That's great. Um, 
And so our show today, we really wanted to sort of get a little bit more um, in-depth knowledge about the uh, Wisconsin Master Cheesemakers Program. Can you tell us a little bit about that program and how it um, figures into your work at the Center for Dairy Research? Sure. Well, that's a program here in Wisconsin. uh, um, And I sit on the Master Cheesemaker Board, and it's a program to... um, to, I would say, upgrade the skill levels and the knowledge base of, of cheesemakers in Wisconsin. And uh, perhaps you've already heard how they get into the program, but um, uh, I work closely with them, and uh, I teach a lot of segments in the courses that they take here at the center, the cheese short courses, from cheese making to cheese grading and evaluation. Uh, to we, Typically, once a year in, in the early fall, we run a special uh, uh, rotating topic cheese course just for the masters, and uh, I teach in that segment as well. So, and I also work a lot with them at their plants. So I'll go out and visit them at their plants and work hands on with them when they have questions. And Dean, could you actually tell us a little bit uh, more about what it takes to get into the program? We touched on it just very briefly uh, in the first sure. segment. Well, to get into the program, a cheesemaker has to have been licensed in Wisconsin for for a minimum of ten years. Uh, Wisconsin uh, mandates that its cheesemakers are licensed, so they've had had 10 years uh, with a license in Wisconsin. And then a master cheesemaker becomes a master not in cheesemaking of all varieties, but, but one, but variety by variety. And so they've, if let's say if I wanted to be a master cheesemaker in cheddar, um, in addition to being a licensed cheesemaker for 10 years, I would have had to also had five, a minimum of five years experience making the cheddar variety of cheese or what it pick your variety. So that, that's, the, that's the base one, the base uh, qualification. And then they apply, uh, typically in late spring, they apply. And then um, we typically go out, a group of us go out and give an oral examination of the person at their plant to test their knowledge to see if, if we feel that they are ready to enter the program. And sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. And we also do a tour of their facility at that time to make sure that we feel that their facility is up to uh, uh, good manufacturing practice, good food safety standards, and and good cheesemaking operations. So that uh, because that's critical too that they're operating at a plant that that's a well-run and decently uh, uh, set-up type of operation. Absolutely. So after those two initial, so so they have to be a licensed cheesemaker. Right. They complete those two steps, uh, the oral yep. exam and the tour of the facility. And right. then um, you as the board admit people to this program. Right. And then we go, we typically have a board meeting then in, in August. And then we review all the candidates that have applied. And we we choose the ones that we feel are ready for admission and and go from there. And then the ones that aren't ready for whatever reason, we we give them feedback on, on why we think that they're not ready so that uh, hopefully in the future they can, uh, up whether it's up their skills or change whatever needs to be changed and reapply and try and enter the program in the future. And, and how that many... starts their three-year, that's to, and then once they're admitted, that starts their three-year program. Wow. And is that a, a full-time program or how, do, how does that no. work? No, the way it works is they're still working in their plants, and what they have to do is they have to come in and uh, take a number of short courses okay. over the course of three years. So a short course can range in length from one day to a week, where they come here to the Center for Dairy Research at UW-Madison, and they take these courses. They're for industry, industry training courses. 
and there's a they have both uh, 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 courses, mandated courses, and then they have elective courses, and they have to get so many total credits of courses during that three years. Also, then during that three years, they are submitting samples of their cheese on a yearly basis, the ones that they're applying to be a master in. So if, let's say if I wanted to be a master in, they can do two, two varieties at a time. So if I'm in a three-year program and I want to be a master of cheddar and Colby, let's say, um, every year I have to send in samples of cheddar and Colby to have them evaluated to make sure that they are uh, uh, of highest quality, that they meet the standards of the program. That's great. And then can you give us an example of some of the short courses that people can enroll in, both the, sure, the mandatory sure. and the elective? Sure. Um, the base one is uh, the cheese maker, the cheese technology short course. That's kind of like the flagship course. That's a five-day short course. We offer it twice a year, and that covers all the basics of, of cheese making, from the raw milk coming on the farm right to the finished cheese varieties going out the door. So that's the most critical one. Uh, cheese grading is another very popular and important one. That's how, how to evaluate your cheese uh, uh, to, for quality. Sensory, so it's a sensory evaluation of cheese. Um, there's applied dairy chemistry. There's food safety. There's cleaning and sanitation. Um, there's a processed cheese short course if they're, if they're interested in that. Uh, there's courses having to do with whey and whey handling, uh, wastewater, um, and a variety of other topics. That's that is oh, a milk pasteurization. I shouldn't forget that. That's critical. Uh, that's <laughs> mandatory. They need to, to take a short course in proper methods for pasteurization of milk. That 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 definitely makes sense, especially yeah. in this uh, this regulatory climate. I feel like exactly. people really exactly. need to make sure they they know their stuff. <laughs> yeah, and they really do need to know their stuff. That's right. In terms of how these electives have changed, maybe let's say in the past five years, you know, how do you keep up with um, changes that are happening in safety and regulation and policy, and update the coursework accordingly? Well, you're right. That 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 that's that. That part of our, our industry is certainly changing rapidly, but, but those standards are, are constantly being upgraded, and those courses, the, the content of all the courses change every year. I mean, they're the same basic course, but, mm -hmm. but they're always updated, and that's one that gets, uh, I would say, more updates you know, year to year than most because of the, the rapidly changing regulatory environment that we're living in. Um, so I was wondering, you know, um, how many students um, or potential students apply each year and how many people are actually admitted to the program? Um, I believe if I heard right that this year we have uh, 17 that applied, which is uh, a, a big number. And I think, um, I, th I believe if I remember correctly, the very most that we would take in any one year is, is 12. So um, Wow. Um, um, because we just can't handle any more than that in terms of, all the background work that needs to be done. So, uh, right. yeah, they'll have to be pared down some this year. And that's it's been growing like that. So it's the last number of years we've had more applicants than we've been able to take. That's that's wow. always a good thing. Yeah. yeah, that's a good thing. There's a sign. I mean, yeah, it seems like all over the country the number of cheesemakers is rising. But um, that's uh, good to hear that Wisconsin yep. is, is no different. Um, yep. I had a question about... Um, the variety question, because I feel like, you know, Amer a lot of American cheeses, um, you know, that are made, um, especially in smaller, you know, in smaller facilities nowadays might not be a classic variety like cheddar or Colby Correct. or Swiss. And I was wondering right. how you guys, um, 
deal with that issue or if that is, you know, if that's an issue you're dealing with right now? Well, we do deal with that issue, and we have a, a number of cheesemakers that are coming in for for, for non-common varieties, for artisan-type varieties, and that's not a problem for the program. We can do that. Um, there has to be uh, some kind of a standards for the cheese, meaning uh, compositional standards and acidity levels and salt levels and things like that. If they don't pre-exist like they would for a common cheese like a cheddar or a Colby or Monterey Jack, then part of the part of the program is to develop them with with the candidates so that we come to a common understanding that if you're going to make a Gruyere cheese or a Comte style cheese or something like that, that okay, here's here's what we all agree on should be the, the, the typical standards for that cheese of of composition and flavor. That's exciting. So, yeah. So, so yeah, there we is have, some we flexibility. We have a lot of uh, masters that have that have uh, masters in varieties that are not your typical mainline type varieties of cheese. That's, so that's not a problem for the program at all. That's uh, that's very cool that you guys are, you know, because I feel like Wisconsin is so rooted, I feel like more than any other state probably, in traditional cheese varieties. So I think um, that's that's really great that you guys are um, willing yeah. to work with people who are doing more artisan-type uh, yeah. varieties, like you said. I would say we are rooted in that, but boy, you know, there's been just an explosion in Wisconsin of small startup craft uh, cheesemakers and farmstead cheesemakers. And most of those, uh, most of them are creating um, um, a wide variety of art- artisanal and, and unique cheeses. So, boy, there's a strong undercurrent of that going on here as well, which we try and try and really feed. For example, this fall, um, our this uh, September, our Master Artisan Short Course for this year, which again, that's the course that completely changes every year. And it's intended primarily for these masters, but it's cheeses of the Alpine region of, of Europe. So it's cheeses of Switzerland and Austria and that uh, Savoy region of France and things like that. So we're going to go through all those over the course of three days with uh, master cheesemakers that come in for that course. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And so after they, after the students complete this three-year program, mm-hmm. um, how do they sort of graduate? And then is there a right. follow-up? Do you guys have, um, you know, do you have to check in every year or two years to make sure your skills are still up to par? Right. So first of all, so let's say their three years is done in terms of they've taken all their coursework, then they have to take an exam, a written exam this time. And this is an open book exam, and they have to they take it home, and they have about a week to, to finish it. I'm sorry, they have a couple weeks to finish it, and it typically takes about 40 to 50 hours of time to finish wow. it. Wow. Um, and it's open book, but because they have to write, they can't just write an answer. They have to reference it, and, you know, they have to use, they're given books and materials, references throughout their, their short course training over three years. So they have to, they have to write their exam, you know, it's all, it's all essay-type answers, and they have to answer them with references and footnotes and things like that. And they tell us, the students tell us, that it typically takes them 40 to 50 hours of work to actually complete that. So then those exams come in, and then a group of us um, uh, here at the center uh, grade those exams. So then we determine pass or fail. So if they fail that, well, then, you know, they're, then we, we say why they failed it, and typically we give them some kind of a recourse, like, okay, if you do this and this and this over the course of the next year, then you can retake the exam, and we'll see how it goes. Um, but if they pass the exam, then, again, it goes to the board, 
and uh, each exam has like a, a chief evaluator, and at the board meeting, that chief evaluator for every person's exam, and there's different chief evaluators for different people, they will go up and say, okay, here's what I thought of the exam, here's what the grade, are, grade was for, my, for this person's exam, and this is my recommendation about this person, if they should pass or fail or kind of uh, come back next year and try it again. I see. Be comprehensive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds. And then, and then, in terms of, there is now a um, 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 provision for continuing education where um, they have to take at least one more course uh, every three years uh, for continued education, so that they're you know they don't just disappear, so to speak. Right. And then, if they want to use any of this notoriety on their cheese packaging that says that they are a master cheese maker, then they have to submit samples every year. Evaluation to make sure that their cheese is is evaluated by a group of us experts here as um, high enough quality for for master cheesemaker graduate of this program. So, so that's what I was going to ask. You know, let's say you do this course for three years, you pass the test. What does this mean now? You know, besides the fact that you're incredibly knowledgeable about sure. your your craft, but what what does this mean for cheesemakers? Well couple things. There's a practical side, I suppose, and there's a business side. The business side of it, what it means is is they can they can use that in their marketing. They can identify it on their packages. Um, and you'd be surprised. We have a lot of retail retail uh, food operations that are requiring that in some of their cheeses these days, or they're, if not requiring it, they are at least highlighting it and bringing it front and center in their sales stores and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a, certainly a marketing thing from from a um, from more of a uh, uh, practical standpoint. I would say there are a couple things. One is these guys have developed a, a you know they're the top of the top now when they come out of that program. They have typically you know decades of experience typically making cheese, one to two to three decades of experience, um, and now they're they underline that they they get all this technical microbiological chemistry knowledge cheese cultures, you know, sensory knowledge during the program. So that kind of all ties that together. Um, so they're really at the top of their game typically. But the other neat thing that's happened that was not really foreseen was they've developed a, a kind of a network and a camaraderie of cheesemakers where before they might have seen each other as competitors. Now they see themselves as colleagues. Hmm. So there's this incredible, what I've witnessed, this incredible sharing you know, behind the scenes sharing, like if they have issues, if they have problems, they'll call another master cheesemaker who they think might have some answers and say, you know, Bill, here's what I'm experiencing. You know, what do you think? Where before this program, that didn't happen very much. So, so from a practical standpoint, not only do they themselves have knowledge, but now they're plugged into a network, a very wide network of other master cheesemakers and, you know, all us teachers that they had during their short courses, so they have a lot bigger uh, network to draw on for knowledge and experience. That's really good to hear. I yeah. feel like, you know, the cheese industry as a whole seems like it's kind of atypical in that way. Um, mm-hmm. People seem very willing to help each other out and kind of right. realize that a rising tide floats all boats. Um, so that's right. that's a very cool, like you said, kind of right. unintended consequence. And, uh, the, and the other good thing we've noticed with that program is they, they're much more my opinion, much more respectful of each other's uh, businesses in the sense that I've, I just haven't seen it happen where they will try and 
copy someone. You know, someone comes up with a great cheese, like a Pleasant Ridge Reserve, Mike Gingrich. You know, you don't have other people just trying to, other masters. Make or a knockoff of Pleasant Making Ridge. Making a knockoff. <laughs> yeah. They say, no, I don't want to do that. Like a Chris Raleigh today, he's coming up with really new and novel cheese varieties that are just his. You know, he could have tried to knock off somebody else's, but no, they're pretty respectful. And they say, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to create our own path. We're going to create our own cheese. We're going to do things our way, and we're not going to step on other people's toes along the way. That's really, really great to hear. Um, I was wondering if any other states have approached you um, or, or anyone at the program about developing something similar, say, I don't know, I'm thinking of other big dairy states in Vermont, for instance, or California, um, or if, I don't know, if you've been sure. approached. Uh, we have not been approached that I know of by the states themselves. We've been approached a lot by cheese companies in those states to, to expand our program. To Because mm. right now you have to be a Wisconsin cheesemaker to go through this program. But uh, the program is financed by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board, which gets their monies from Wisconsin dairy farmers, checkoff program dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's where, so, you know, they're not, and I understand they're not open to opening it up to other states. So if other states would do it, they would have to do it with their own dollars from their own sources, like their own checkoff dollars or something like that. But I've had lots of calls from cheesemakers from other states wanting to get in the program, but not not from like a state organization saying, I would, let's create something. I've not had that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's certainly an enviable program, and I yeah. feel like more similar than anything we have in the United States to what you would see over in Europe. You know, Correct. as as um, you know, in regards to quality and sort of Correct. years of training, and it's and, just uh, great. And that's what it was modeled after, because uh, Jim Path, who's now retired from the center, he had traveled widely in Europe, looking at all their cheese operations and how they do things there, and he got that idea to create that European style training program for our cheesemakers here. And, in the U.S., and he started that Master Cheesemaker program modeled after the European experience, and it, it really took off. It just took off. So um, he had a great idea, and if you talk to the Masters today, a lot of them will say, you know, we owe it a lot to Jim Path because he's the one that had that, that idea. It was one guy with that idea, and he just pushed it and pushed it till some people said, okay, we'll back it, and it just took off. Well, keep up the good work. Yeah. That's It's really exciting, and... Um, uh, I want people to be able to find more information about the program and about the Center for Dairy Research. Okay. Um, can is there a website that people can visit to? Yes, our website at the center www.cdr.wisc.wisc.edu. All right, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Dean. It's been a really enlightening and, and interesting conversation, and uh, we look forward to eating more master cheesemaker made cheese well thank you very much it's been my pleasure to participate all right well we'll be back next week with another episode of cutting the curds stay tuned bye thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.